0: Well, you see that the theme of our church during this Christmas season is light. Jesus is the light of the world. He called himself the light of the world. He didn't just say, I have light, or I can lead you to light, or I can tell you about light. He said, I am literally the light of the world. He that walks with me and in me and receives me will not ever die, but will have the light of life. Powerful. Now, I'm going to talk to you about light again today. I talked to you last week about the star, the shining star that the wise men followed all the way to Bethlehem, and it came and stood over the house where about a two-year-old Jesus was living. And God pointed, used a brilliant star to lead to Jesus. We find when you talk about Jesus in the Bible, all the time you hear about light. He's referred to as light. He brought light. He was light. His teaching was light. Revelation light. And today I want to talk to you about an angel that appeared to some very common ordinary shepherds and how he appeared in brilliant light. So let's look at Luke 2, verse 11, or 8, rather. And I'm going to read four verses. And here's the story. It says, There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold... An angel of the Lord, singular, not plural, but there's just one so far. An angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now read verse 11 with me. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. No better news than that. No better headline than that. That's the best news the planet Earth has ever received. God so loved the world. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the light that comes with Jesus Christ. And I pray that there is not a heart in here listening to me that will not experience the light of God, that you will chase away shadows, chase away doubts, And, Lord, establish your light in every heart. I pray for those watching by video in their living rooms, their place of business, wherever they are, that you will bring light, your light, to them. And those listening by radio later, touch them. All around the world, bring your light. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, I receive your light today for the entrance of your words gives light. Amen in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and tell them Merry Christmas one more time. Merry Christmas Christmas one more time. Now I like to always say when you read a story like this, because there's so many skeptical people, they say, well, that's just a fairy tale. You know, come on. An angel appearing to a group of shepherds, it sounds like something somebody wrote and uh, it didn't really happen. But no, here's the deal. The Bible gives us Uh, to us as a genuine, true, historical account. This really happened. This genuinely happened. And the Bible tells us that it all began with a group of shepherds who received a heavenly visitation. Behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. There was a suddenness to this. They were just doing their everyday, everyday thing. And suddenly... God invaded their space. God moved into their orbit. God revealed himself to them. And it's very powerful. An angel of the Lord, a real one, stood before them. He didn't have wings. He wasn't playing a harp. He didn't look like a Cupid. This was a... When we see angels in the Bible, they are mighty. They are tall. They are intimidating. They are overwhelming. They are powerful. And they always bring light. An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid, and so would you have been, and so would I. Now I want you to notice how it describes the appearance of the angel as being surrounded by light. Surrounded by light. The glory of the Lord shone. It shone. God's glory is light. And the word shone means to illuminate all around, to permeate with light like a halo. Now, we all know what a halo looks like. We picture, you know, halo over somebody's head. But, but this was a giant halo effect. This angel appeared and shone, illuminated all around them, permeated their space with light like a giant halo. They were surrounded by heavenly light. Suddenly, here is this being, and the being came with light, and it's like a spotlight has shined on them suddenly. Now, you think about this, and you go, I don't fully understand it because there's several different kinds of light, candlelight, electric light, phosphorescent light, light of stars, light of the moon, ultraviolet light, infrared light. There's all kinds of light. But see, there's only one kind of light that you and I can see, and that is what is visible to the naked eye. That's the only kind of light we can see. Every kind of light that I just described, we can see it if it comes our way. But this light that accompanied this angel did not fit into any of these categories. It was not a physical light. It was a spiritual light. It was light from another world, light from a world that we can't normally see, but it is there. If, if we could have God's eyes right now and we could see with God's vision, we would see another world that we never, ever otherwise see. It is the fourth dimension. It is where God lives, Jesus lives. It is where the angels and the demons constantly clash and battle. It is a spiritual world, a very real world. It's the fourth dimension. It's another world. And unless God opens our eyes to see it, we will never see it. But God allowed these shepherds to see it. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they saw this light. It's the light that will be in heaven. It's the light of God. God is light. And God is love. And whoever walks with God will walk in the light. Paul the apostle saw this light when Jesus Christ confronted him on the road to Damascus. Paul described it this way. It says, well, Luke did. Luke describes it this way, Acts 9 verse 3. As he journeyed, that is Paul, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, there was that suddenly again, a light shone around him. From heaven. Suddenly he was illuminated all around like a giant halo. Suddenly Paul was confronted with a light. It was not the sun. It was not a flashlight. It was not because they didn't exist. It was not a candlelight. It was not a normal light. It was spiritual light. And we know that it was spiritual because the Bible says the men with him could not see it. But only Paul saw it. Because God opened his eyes. And Jesus spoke through that light. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks of your conscience. Paul would later mention this light to Timothy, speaking of Jesus. Here's what he said, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light. Where is Jesus? Jesus right now is in heaven at the right-hand side of God. And what is it like there? Well, we know one of the things that, that characterize heaven is a light that you cannot approach. A light that is so bright, so brilliant, so overwhelming that unless you're in heaven, you can't approach it. Unapproachable light. It's the very same light that will take the place of our son in heaven. The Bible says, when the new Jerusalem is finally lowered down, and and, and our heavenly city has been given to the saints of God, those who have come to Christ. It tells us about that city. It says, The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. Can I read that again? The glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The, The light that exudes and permeates and effervesces off of the face of Jesus will be the light of heaven. We'll no longer need the sun, no longer need the moon to walk around because the light of the glory of God, the light the angel saw, the light that Saul saw, that light will be the light of heaven and it will be lit by the glory of God. Amen. Go ahead and praise him. That's good. Powerful. So the introduction of Jesus Christ into the world began with a visitation from heaven. A brilliant, shining angel exuding God's glory. Secondly, the visitation was followed by a supernatural revelation. Pay attention to this because anytime God visits, there is always a revelation to follow because when he visits, he comes with a purpose in mind to reveal something. And they received a supernatural revelation. Now for me... The, the beauty of, of this whole story is how just ordinary people have an encounter with an extraordinary God. To me, that's what Christmas is all about. Ordinary people, just normal people like you and me, have an experience. these shepherds with an extraordinary God. God decides to step into their life like he wants to step into yours. Some of you today, you need God bad. And let me tell you something. He's ready to step into your life. He's ready to come into your life. Here's just ordinary people that have an encounter with an extraordinary God, and they're given a revelation. First, they had a visitation, this angel and this light. But now they've got a revelation because the angel begins to talk to them, and a revelation means something is being revealed you would never have known had God not revealed it to you. A visitation brought a revelation. Now, when we think of these shepherds, we have a sort of a Hallmark card picture in our mind. of A kind group of religious kind of gentlemen sitting around a campfire singing kumbaya. And when the angel appears, they say, oh, glory to God, it's an angel, hallelujah. But that's not at all what happened, and nor was that the kind of men they were. Let me tell you the truth. In Jesus' day, shepherding was a despised occupation. Shepherds were generally scorned, and they often were viewed as lazy and dishonest people who often took their sheep and let them graze on other people's land. That's the way they were viewed. They were the lower rung. They were the lower rung of society. So I want you to notice when the angel appeared, who he first appeared to. Take note of that because that's what Christmas is all about, who the angel first appeared to the angel was sent by god the angel was doing exactly what god told the angel to do so god said i want you to go to the shepherds they didn't appear to king herod now if i'm going to go and i'm going to announce the arrival of messiah king the messiah of the world king of Kings, lord of lords the long-awaited redeemer the long-awaited savior i'm sending him to king herod but he didn't and he wasn't sent to roman nobility either And he wasn't sent to Roman society's who's who's. That's not where the angel was sent. The angel appeared to lowly, imperfect, flawed men, the lower class, the marginalized of society, the lower rung. At best, they were just average. Everyday people going through the motions of just another day in their ordinary, routine, predictable life. And all of a sudden, God stepped in. That's what the birth of Jesus is all about, folks. That's what the birth of Jesus is all about. God so loved the world, he gave. He, 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 he deposited his son onto planet earth. He came into our world. He came into our anger, our frustration, our pain, our hurt. He came into our lives. He came into our letdowns. He came into our skepticism. He came into our disillusionment. He came into our hopelessness. He stepped into the pain of the human race. (laughs) Christmas is about God coming alongside us, walking with us, not just on Sunday, but on Monday and on Wednesday and on Friday. I'm so glad when I wake up on Monday that he's there. I'm glad that he's there on Wednesday. I'm I'm glad that he's there on TGIF. I'm glad he's there when I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and can't sleep. And there's the Holy Spirit saying to me, well, if you can't sleep, let's talk. I'm glad that he's there. I'm glad that he's present. I'm glad that he's with me. God with us is what Emmanuel means. God with us. That's what the birth of Jesus is all about. He wants to be a part of our everyday lives, every day of our lives. Now, these shepherds, and I understand it, they were scared to death. The Bible says they were greatly afraid. The Greek word there for afraid is phobos. We get phobia from it. That means they, they almost had a panic attack when this angel appeared. And I think it's probably because they wondered if God was there to visit them about something they'd done. That's why a lot of people won't come to church. Or they go to churches where there's no hope of hearing the Word of God and they feel safe. But there's people that won't go to a church that preaches the Word of God because they're so afraid that God's going to tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, let's talk about that sin in your life. But they don't understand that He loves you so much that, he, that that's why He wants to talk about the sin in your life because the sin in your life and in my life is what keeps me And keeps us from him. And he wants to remove it. Thank God he so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him will have their sins washed away. Have their sins washed away. So I think that first they were afraid. Uh Uh-oh. He's come for us to give an account of what we've done. But immediately the angel. And the angels always have to say this when they appear to people in the Bible. Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Today a Savior is born. I'm bringing you the best news you could ever hear. I'm giving you the greatest headline ever given to the human race, that today a Savior is born. Amen. Now, as if that weren't enough, it says that at that very moment, think of this, the heavens opened up, and the shepherds heard glorious heavenly, angelic, worship, and praise. Now, we just worship God here. We just praise Him. And and I told you that God inhabits the praise of His people. But let me tell you something. If you don't like praise and worship, you better learn to like it because that's all you're going to be doing in heaven. You're going to be worshiping God, praising God, because I want you to look, when heaven opened up, it says suddenly, there's that word again, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others so now singular angel has become plural where there's an innumerable number of angels the armies of heaven praising God and here's what they were singing glory to God in the highest heaven they sang and on earth peace goodwill toward men can you imagine what that choir sounded like that choir put to Shame any choir that has ever sung on earth. They were listening to an innumerable multitude of angels singing praises to God, glory to God in the highest heaven on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And these shepherds were overwhelmed. They were blown away. Not only did they see an angel, but now heaven has opened. God has pulled back the curtains. And now they're seeing what a real worship session really looks like. Man. In the midst of an ordinary night, ordinary shepherds encounter an uh, extraordinary God. And, you know, the Lord loves stepping into our everyday, everyday our ordinary days, and speaking to us. And sometimes we don't even recognize him. But he's all the time stepping in. One time, many years ago, when I graduated college, I just knew as soon as I graduated college, because I was called to preach, and I, and I felt that I was doing what God had told me to do before he released me to go preach full time. And so, so I graduated college, and I just knew that the doors were going to begin to fly open. I knew that I was Billy Graham Part Two. Forgive me, but that was my dream. Here I come, world, Billy Graham, part two. I sent out my letters of recommendation with a bunch of well-known preachers signing it. You know, Jeff will bless you. Jeff has this gift and so on and so forth. I sent them out everywhere. And you know what happened? Not one door opened. I didn't hear one angel singing. I got no, nothing happened. And I began to think, well, what is, the, what is wrong here? And I had talks with God. I said, Lord, the, the world you love is going to hell in a handcart and I'm ready to preach and open the door just give me one door and and I will I'll peel the paint off the wall just let me go but there was nothing not anything and I ended up painting office complexes at night nothing wrong with painting office complexes let me tell you something any work you do to put food on the table as long as it's legal is noble all work is noble all work has a nobility attached to it. Uh, and, and, and so not that there was anything wrong with painting. It's just what, not what I felt that God had called me to do. And I didn't understand. And months were stretching by. And I didn't understand it. And I was just trying to put bread on the table and take care of my family. And, and I began to get very, very discouraged. And one day I was at a real low point. So low that I didn't even want to go out. So I sat in a rocking chair in the middle of our little tiny apartment living room. And we were taking care of, at that time, we were taking care of a little girl with Down syndrome. Kathy took care of her a few times a week, and she was a little sweetheart. And she was about eight, nine years old. And she's sitting there, and I'm not aware, but she's looking at me. And I'm oblivious to the world. I'm, I'm having a pity party. If you notice, we have a pity party, Holy Ghost doesn't show up? You can invite him, but he doesn't come very often. You can send out an invitation. Devils are glad to come, but the Lord doesn't show up at many pity parties. And I'm having a pity party. And I'm just rocking in this rocking chair, and I'm playing my violin. And I'm thinking, woe is me. Where is God? I I thought I was called. And this little 8- to 9-year-old girl with Down syndrome, her name was Beverly. All of a sudden, she gets up, and she walks over to me. And she plops herself down in my lap and she grabbed my face and turned my face and made me look her in the eye. And she said, it's all right, We. Jesus is going to help you. Man. And you know how you have those moments when you know there's more to the moment than just a natural, normal moment? You, you, you know that God has stepped in, and, and I was so aware that God grabbed hold of the unlikely to come over and make me look her in the eye and make me listen to what she had to say. And she spoke, God spoke right through this girl to me. He stepped right into my ordinary, down, discouraged day and brought me a word from, it's all right, Jeffy. Jesus is going to help you. And I knew it was him. I knew it was him. And do you know that within a few months, the door opened for Kathy and I to start our first church, and we became senior pastors for the first time? But let me tell you, she had a word from God. God stepped into my everyday, everyday, every day, and spoke to me, and he loves to do that. Jesus does that. With some of you, he's doing that to you right now. He's stepping into your every day. You didn't even want to come to church today, some of you. But let me tell you, he's speaking to you right now. He's got a word for you right now. He doesn't want you depressed. He doesn't want you down. He doesn't want you hopeless. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And when he gave his son, he gave hope. And when he gave hope, he gave faith. And when he gave faith, he gave purpose and vision and destiny. He picked us up and pulled us out of the horrible pit. Of sin and out of the miry clay of bondage, and set us on the rock, and his name is Jesus. And he put a new song in our mouth, even praise unto our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And so God invaded my space that day. A divine visitation with these shepherds led to a supernatural revelation. And supernatural revelation produced excited proclamation. Look at what happened. The Bible says that after this incredible vision of heavenly praise, the shepherds said, we got to go see if this is true. We've seen an angel, and we've heard a choir in heaven. we got to go see if what this angel told us is true. And they made a beeline for Bethlehem. And it says when they got to Bethlehem, the Bible says they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, There he was, there he was, the baby Jesus, wrapped in narrow strips of cloth that we call swaddling cloths. And they realized something that I want us to realize today. They knew the message of Christmas was more than just a baby in a manger. We see nativity scenes everywhere. They're everywhere. I've got three of them in my house right now, nativity scenes. And it shows the shepherds, and it shows Mary and and the little cradle, and Jesus in it, and it shows Joseph standing off, and, and, and that's, it's the manger scene. But, but, but Christmas is more than that. You see, what these shepherds realized is what we need to realize today. They realized they were actually looking at, looking in the eye of God wrapped in skin, of God becoming one of us. They knew that this was not a normal baby born in a normal way. They knew that there was more to it. They had a revelation. First a visitation, then a revelation. The revelation was, this is not a normal child. I have sent this child through an immaculate conception. And now there's been a miraculous birth. This child will die for the sins of mankind. You're looking at God's lamb, at the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And they realized who he, That's why they had no problem worshiping a 2-year-old baby boy because they knew this was Messiah. This was God become flesh. This was God coming down from heaven to earth to carry us from earth to heaven. They knew this. So when the angel's announcement was proven true, they could not keep it to themselves. You know what I like to say? I like to say they got a bad case of the the gotta-tells. They got a bad case. We're talking about everybody getting the flu. I know so-and-so's got the flu. Somebody else has a sinus infection. Let me tell you what you need to really catch. I hope you catch it today. I want you to catch it. I hope I'm contagious enough that you catch it. I want you to get a bad case of the God it tells. They said, we have found the Messiah. We have found that God has sent the Savior into the world to die for our sins. We've got the best news in all the world, and we, are, we have become infected with a bad case of the gotta-tells. Or another uh, way to put it is, a case of the can't-help-its. it. i am going to have to go tell somebody about Jesus. Folks, listen, there's two kinds of churches. Churches that are God's frozen chosen. It is so dead in there, you can ice skate to your seat. There's no God, no Jesus, no life, no hope. But then there's another kind of church. And that church has been touched by God. That church knows that Jesus is alive and well. That church has had a visitation. And with the visitation came a revelation. God did send His only Son. And with the revelation comes proclamation. I can't keep it to myself. I've got to tell somebody. I've got to go tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. Is anybody here today? Come on now. I pray that you forget about your disappointments and your disillusionments and all the things that have let you down and and, and the way you feel this season. And I want you to catch what these shepherds caught. The Bible says, now when they had seen him, you got to see him. You got to experience him. When they had seen him, they made widely known. Can I read that again? They made widely known. That means they didn't just go tell two or three people they knew who were in their inner orbit. No, no. They went and told anybody and everybody. They spoke to everything that moved. They spoke to everything that had life. They told about the baby Jesus to everybody. And they were so powerful with it and so convincing. The Bible says all those who heard it marveled. Marveled. That means... Their enthusiasm was so infectious that the listeners were marveling at what was told them by the shepherds. So they had a visitation that became a revelation that produced proclamation. And I want to close with this because it didn't end there. Not only did all those things happen to them, but they also experienced a transformation. Look how their lives were changed. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. They went to work that day as ordinary shepherds. They went to Bethlehem as earnest seekers, and they returned as transformed worshipers. Their lives were changed. Can you stand with me today? Say with me, from visitation to revelation to proclamation and transformation. This is exactly how God approaches you and me. He comes knocking, and he visits. He visits. Anybody home? Anybody home? He visits. And he says, if you open the door, I'll come in. And when that happens, you go from visitation to revelation. You see the truth about God's only son. And then once you have the revelation, you have a transformation. He changes you by being born again, transforms you. And once that happens, you've got to be involved in proclamation. You can't keep it to yourself. Father, thank you today for the power of God. Thank you for, Lord, this incredible story of how you changed these shepherds' lives, how you visited them, how you revealed to them, how you transformed them, and how you turn them into spokesmen for Jesus. And Lord, I pray for every person here today who may not know you. Lord, shine light. Shine your light with every head bowed. Let me ask you a question. Say, Jeff, as I've heard you talking, I've wondered, well, you know, have I been visited by God? Has He knocked on my heart? And, and if so, did I open it? Did I open that door? And did He come in? Have I experienced transformation? Have I been a proclaimer of the reality of Jesus in my life? Or have I been a closet Christian? I pray first that anybody far from him comes near today. But then I pray, not only for you, but for myself. And in this new year coming, 2018, we will all have a really bad case of the gotta tell. Tell of his glory to those who need it Now, with our heads bowed you can say Jeff I don't know if I've been saved I don't know I'm not sure I'm going to pray a simple prayer and I want to ask you to pray it with me you can pray right now right where you are because the Lord is as near as a prayer as a prayer so I'm going to ask you to pray this right now say Lord Jesus Go ahead, you can do it. Anybody wants to pray it with me, you can do it. Even if you're saved, doesn't matter. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Forgive me my sin and come into my heart as Savior and Lord. I receive you in Jesus' name.